0: Welcome to Grace and Glory, the radio ministry of Grace Valley Christian Center, featuring biblical teachings of the Christian faith with Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and former professor in Greek and theology. Pastor Matthew holds degrees from Westminster Theological Seminary, and he pastors Grace Valley Christian Center in Davis, California, adjacent to the University of California at Davis. Today, we continue with Pastor Matthew's series on the book of Acts with part one of Spiritual Intoxication if you have your bible with you turn with us to the book of acts chapter 2 verse 14 now here's our teacher pastor matthew saint peter begins his pentecostal sermon in acts chapter 2 verse 14 and this is the first sermon and this is the best sermon saint peter ever preached in this sermon the first time the gospel Of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is proclaimed to unbelievers in fulfillment of Christ's command the repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem Peter filled with the Spirit preached the gospel passionately with clarity with boldness he preached the greatest sermon of his life resulting in the conversion of 3,000 souls. Today many people do many things to attract people to the church and keep them entertained. Lots of contemporary music, lots of activities, lots of seminars, for videos, felt to needs, and small sermons without much gospel. Let me tell you what we really need to emphasize is the power of the Holy Spirit. And the preaching of the gospel. For the gospel preached in the power of the spirit. Alone results in the salvation of sinners. And the growth of the saints. Everything else may entertain people. But will not transform them. I want to speak also of three points. First, the question asked by these onlookers. and What was their question? What is this? The ascended Lord Jesus received the Holy Spirit from the Father and poured out this Holy Spirit upon the assembled saints. Peter said so in the 33rd verse. As Jesus was anointed after his baptism, so he anoints the believers that they may be witnesses of Jesus in the world. And we noticed that as a result of this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there were certain phenomena on the day of Pentecost, there was the sound that filled the house and there was the sight as of fire tongue sitting upon each believer. And then there was the sound of each believer speaking in other tongues, inspired utterance. Each believer speaking the mighty things of God, we read in 11th verse. They were praising God because they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Their tongues were controlled by the Holy Spirit. And these tongues were put to the best use, first time in the history of the world. Best use of praising God. And it is my belief that they declared the mighty things of God. In that, they spoke with great conviction what they witnessed in the life of Jesus Christ. Jesus of Nazareth is the Messiah. Jesus of Nazareth was crucified. He was buried. And I'm sure they declared, as they spoke in other tongues, but God raised him from the dead. I'm sure they declared, we beheld his glory. I'm sure they declared, we beheld him ascending into the heavens. I'm sure they declared, Jesus of Nazareth is the only Savior and Lord. I'm sure they declared what they heard from the angels, that this Jesus Christ, who is Lord, is coming again. Judge the world and save his people. Whatever they spoke, many heard in their own dialects. We are told, we ought to assume that the 120 by now came down from the upper room to the court of the women in the temple. On this Pentecostal festival day early in the morning they came down probably they came down speaking in other tongues declaring the mighty things of God and we are told Jews from 15 nations as well as others assembled and began to wonder what does this sight and sound signify what does it mean there is the great sound Of rushing mighty wind there is the sight of fire tongue sitting on each person there is the sound of speaking in other tongues they were bewildered they were confused they were amazed what does this mean they wanted to know but let me tell you everybody did not hear in one's own language the mighty things of God the saints were speaking because we are told some of were mocking. Some of them didn't understand anything at all. They gave a rational explanation. These people are drunk and they mocked. Mocking is characteristic of unbelievers. Only by the Holy Spirit one receives spiritual things. Natural man does not receive things that are spiritual. They are foolishness to him. So they mock. Remember, they mocked the soldiers, mocked Jesus Christ. They said, Hail, King of the Jews! The chief priests mocked Jesus Christ, the Lord of the universe, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Savior of the world, very God and very man. The teachers of the law, the Bible scholars mocked him. The elders, the wise men of Israel mocked him. And saint peter himself tells us in his second epistle chapter three first of all you must understand that in the last days scoffers will come scoffing saying where is the coming he promised laughing at the scriptures laughing at the promises of god the athenians did not understand the gospel which paul was articulating in athens and they said what is this babbler saying and then Paul spoke about the resurrection of Jesus Christ Luke tells us in the 17th chapter of Acts and verse 32 they sneered at him they mocked him yes mockers are here you're surrounded by mockers unbelievers whose minds are darkened by sin they cannot understand what is happening So there was confusion, bewilderment, amazement, as well as mocking. The gospel is foolishness to the Greeks and a stumbling block to the Jews. Unless God in his great mercy regenerates human beings, they can never understand the gospel. They can never repent nor believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. So they asked, what does it mean? So the second point is an answer to this question. This is that. And notice Peter now stands up fearless, insightful, direct, clear, compassionate. And he is no longer speaking in other tongues. He is speaking in the language of the people, probably in Aramaic. And we read St. Paul, who came on the day of Pentecost later on, and we see him speaking in Aramaic. And I don't know any case in the scripture where people spoke in other tongues, that is in other languages, which they did not learn for the purpose of evangelizing. Let me tell you, Peter was not speaking in other tongues. He was declaring the gospel in the language, possibly Aramaic or else Greek. He stood with the 11 apostles. It tells us they are all united in love In one purpose, nobody is asking who is the greatest. Let me tell you, when the Spirit of the Lord is poured upon us, there shall be unity. One goal, one purpose, one interest. And these apostles are ready, including Matthias, to answer their question. They are ready to preach the gospel because they are witnesses of Jesus. Peter though failed many times before, now as a true leader, rises up and speaks with passion, with clarity, in behalf of the rest of the apostles. In behalf of Jesus Christ, God, let me tell you, can make miserable flunkies like Peter into great successes. And I believe all the flunkies like us should rejoice in this great fact. That when he pours out his holy spirit upon you he can set you on fire make you fearless confident to declare the gospel of our lord and savior jesus christ there is hope for you and there is hope for us to be delivered from the fear of the world so he interprets the scripture let me tell you when the holy spirit comes upon us he gives us great insight into the sacred scriptures So here you find St. Peter interpreting scripture. Peter learned how to interpret the scriptures from Jesus Christ himself. Jesus taught him what was promised in the entire Old Testament. is being fulfilled in the life of Jesus Christ. That the Messiah should die, be buried, and be raised up. That repentance and forgiveness of sins may be declared to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. In other words Peter understands that he is living in the days of fulfillment what is promised in the old testament is being fulfilled let's read saint peter himself in chapter 1 of first peter and let me read to you from verse 10 it will give us an understanding of his hermeneutics concerning this salvation the prophets who spoke On the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you. When they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. What has been promised by the prophets in the Old Testament is being fulfilled in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. So he says, this is not what you suppose. You think these people, 120 of them are drunk? No, he says, don't you understand, this is only morning. And the Jewish people, especially on festival days, eat at 10 in the morning or after. And Saint Paul tells us those who get drunk, they get drunk in the night. So your explanation that this is a phenomenon brought about by people getting drunk is not rational. When people are drunk, They experience dissipation. They waste themselves. But this intoxication of the Spirit of God edifies you, builds you up. And you are set on fire to declare the gospel that you may edify other people. So he says, this is fact. In other words, what you are witnessing, what you are hearing, what you are seeing, this Is the fulfillment of what is prophesied by joel this is that which was spoken by joel the prophet scripture is the product of god speaking through the prophet and we read about this in chapter 1 and verse 16 how the holy spirit spoke through the mouth of david that is scripture the very word of god it is God speaking. And may God help us to respect and honor and trust and believe in the very word of God. This is that. It is the fulfillment of God's own promise. And Peter now quotes essentially from the Septuagint, the Greek translation. Joel 2, 28 through 32. And where you read Joel in the 9th ninth, ninth century BC, he was speaking of the devastation. By locusts. God troubling his people because of their sins. Locusts, famine, drought, nothing to eat, nothing to drink, nothing to celebrate with. People were in deep trouble. But the truth was this great locust problem is only a harbinger of the greater problem that is going to come which is the day of the Lord. That when the Lord will come in judgment, in power in glory and in justice to judge the world and which includes the nation israel the day of great judgment was coming but there it is before the coming of that day there shall be a great outpouring of the holy spirit joel prophesied and that prophecy is now being fulfilled in your very this is that This is the fulfillment of this prophecy of Joel. These people are not drunk as you suppose. They are drunk all right, but they are drunk by the new wine of the Spirit of the living God. That enlightens them and empowers them and emboldens them to declare the gospel with earnestness and with great conviction. In other words, this is the fulfillment of what Jesus himself said in John chapter 7. Beginning with verse 37, on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And I think that is still a word for all of us. Are you thirsty for God? Let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow. From within him. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, there shall be an outflow of the living water. And that is the evidence that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. That we declare Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. Oh yes, 120 of them did. Drank and drank and drank and out of their innermost being. Began to flow rivers of life. The proclamation of the gospel. What Joel prophesied has come to pass. What Jesus declared has come to pass. And so from this quotation, we should learn a few things. First, when Joel prophesied this great outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it was to take place at the end of times. In the last days. Joel simply says, afterward, and Septuagint says, Meta tauta after these things. But St. Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, quotes this, but he writes this in. He speaks this, entice, eschatize, hemorrhize, in these last days. In other words, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit is eschatological. In these last days. In other words, Peter, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, declares, Last days are here. You, people from 15 nations, men and brethren, we are now living in the last days. And what we see is the fulfillment of that ought to take place in the last days, which is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The days of Messiah, they are the last days, are here. What Isaiah and Hosea and Zechariah and Joel, all these people predicted the last days are here. Well, that is something Jesus himself spoke in Luke chapter 4. After the Father anointed him, he came to Nazareth. And he declared, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to use to the poor. And then he closed the scroll and he declared this in verse 21. Today, this scripture prophesied in Isaiah 61 is fulfilled in your ears. And that's exactly also what St. Peter is saying. You are living in the Messianic days days of the gospel days of mercy days of grace days of salvation days of repentance that if you repent God will save you these are the days when the good news is proclaimed and soon the last days will come to an end and another day will come the day of the Lord will come it is a terrible day it is called the day of judgment And Christ will come again in power, in great glory, to judge with perfect justice. Everyone who mocked him, everyone who disbelieved in him, everyone who turned his back upon him, that terrible day is coming. But now, it is the day of grace. It's the day of the Messiah in his saving role. It is the day when a The spirit of supplication and repentance has been poured out. We are living in these last days. And it will come to an end for you and for me when we die. Oh yes, the last days has been going on for 2,000 years. But you don't have 2,000 years. We've been negotiating about repentance. We were debating about forsaking our idols and sin. The Spirit of God has been speaking to us. But we stiffened. And we got hardened in our hearts. And we think the last days will go on forever. John the Apostle in 1 John chapter 2 verse 18 tells us that this is the last hour. Saint Peter himself in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 20 tells us this is the last times. And the writer to the Hebrews tells this in Hebrews chapter one and let me read to you in the past god spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe last days god has spoken to us in the most clear way by his son You have been listening to Grace and Glory with Pastor P.G. Matthew. This has been part one of Spiritual Intoxication. Join us next week for part two.